I feel like the holidays are a particularly good time to talk about sadness and loneliness and I, I just got a, a notification of a new episode in one of my podcast feeds that I follow. Um, they're talking about grief during the holiday season. So I think this is a very topical or a very timely, you know, topic for a lot of us. Definitely for anyone who's lost a loved one who's not going to be here during the holidays, for instance. So I'm glad to be able to talk about that. Today's talk is following along in the series that I'm doing right now on difficult emotions and specifically Tibetan Buddhism and difficult emotions. And the reason that I wanted to talk about the Tibetan Buddhist approach is that I think it's pretty different from a lot of the, the tracks that I've seen anyway on Insight Timer, um, which can be really helpful and really great, you know, for anxiety or anger or fear, like any of these things that we all deal with. Um, but I feel like for me, trying to reduce anxiety is one thing I'm just using anxiety as an example. I guess I could use sadness <laughs> since that's what we're talking about today. So like trying to reduce sadness is one thing, but trying to understand the causes of sadness and understand the wisdom of sadness is something else. And that's what I want to talk about today. And um, for those, again, who have been following along with this series, I am using this wonderful book called um, Healing with Form, Energy, and Light. Tenzin Wangyal Rinpoche is the author. He's wonderful. Basically, that book walks you through the elements, um, how the elements are used, you know, just in our daily life or how they apply to our daily life, but also to more profound forms of practice like Tantra and Dzogchen. So if you're interested in like really going deeper with the idea of the elements, I highly recommend that book. But for today, um, what I want to talk about from that book is the water element. And the water element, and also I want to give credit to my teachers, Ann Klein and Harvey Aronson at Don Mountain. They've done a couple of retreats now on the elements, and I found those really, really helpful. So I think what I'm presenting here is probably like a, a, <laughs> a combination of Denzin Wangyal Rinpoche's work and my, my Lama's teachings. So the water element is the element of connection. And if you think about water, you know, it flows, it goes where it's naturally drawn, there's an ease to it, there's a, um, yeah, like a flow to it. So the element of water is often associated with feelings of connection, feelings of ease. Denzel Wangyal Rinpoche in his chapter on water points out that the ease, if we overdo the ease of water, we may be feeling relaxed and easy when we should be taking action. So with any of the elements, you have a sort of healthy, optimal form of it, and you also have sort of distortions of it. And the element of water in particular, it's the balanced, the healthy aspect of water is this sense of connection. Okay, so how does that relate to sadness? Um, well, I think, I just want to say this first too, you know, in the Western imagination, water often relates to feelings and to the unconscious. And I think there is something about the water element, the kind of 
the connection you feel to others, the connection you feel to yourself as well, that I think is kind of similar to that Western concept of, of water representing or somehow symbolizing our emotions. So I think the water element and feelings of sadness or feelings of loneliness, it kind of makes sense to me to connect those two together. <clears throat> and if you have any questions, please feel free to just drop them in the chat um, and I will answer them as I'm able to. And as I see them, I try not to distract myself too much by checking chat, but, um, but we're talking about a lot of concepts that may be unfamiliar. So feel free to, to drop questions in there or comments, you know, reflections on your own life too. So I've mentioned before this saying by my teacher, Anne Klein, that everything is either love or a distortion of it. So if we think of the water element and this idea that love, that everything is either love or a distortion of it, the water element is all about connection. And I think we as humans, both biologically in terms of our brains and our bodies and how we develop to be social creatures, we just, there's a preset toward connection that I think all humans share. If you think about early humans, you know, you have a band of humans and if you're together with your people, then you survive. And if you're isolated by yourself, you die. And obviously it's not the case anymore, but if you just look at what happens to us physiologically when we're around dogs, for instance, or, you know, animals that we love and our blood pressure drops, our heart rate changes, you know, like it makes an impact on us physically. And then if you look at the ways that humans respond to each other, uh, scientists are exploring what they call mirror neurons. And the idea behind that is when I watch someone take an action, like move their hand, for instance, the part of my brain that would make me move my hand lights up when I see someone else move their hand. So again, just biologically, I think as humans, we're very much wired to connect and to mirror, to reflect what we see other people doing. So it's so hard to be alone. And I think we can all relate to this in the time of COVID. You know, here we are facing another wave with Omicron. It's so hard for us to be alone. It's one cause of a lot of sadness, a lot of just sense of what's the point? <laughs> I think that's a distortion of love in the sense that it points us back to our, our innate sense that we should be connected with others, our, our natural capacity to love and to connect, to have empathy. These are all abilities that humans are really good at. If you look at the animal world, you know, we just seem to be designed as mammals and also as primates. To, to really connect, to share information, and to survive as a unit rather than as an individual. So the first thing that I wanted to say really is that I think, I think loneliness reflects back to us in a sense how, how primal it is for us to be connected. So now I want to think of that a step further. Um, if you're familiar with Buddhism, you may have heard of this, this teaching called dependent origination. 
And what that means basically, I'm not going to get too technical, but what that means is that because of X, Y happens. <clears throat> so if you think of, you know, each of us as, as a person, I'm here, I'll just like talk genetically, right? So like I'm here because of my parents' DNA and because of them, you know, nurturing me and whatever. And then if I think about well, where did that DNA come from for them? It came from their parents. And if you trace that back far enough, like eventually you're, I'm genetically connected with like most of humanity. I mean, we have shared ancestors going all the way back to like the time when humans first appeared on the earth. So there's, there's a very, again, like biological sense in which we are all connected to each other. And if you want to take this in a different direction, you know, if I think about the elements that make up my body, it's oxygen, nitrogen, like all these heavy elements that weren't present in the very early universe. Like for there to be an, an, an atom of oxygen or nitrogen, a star had to go through its death process. The process of like collapsing down and, and burning lighter atoms into heavier atoms and Again, I feel like I'm like geeking out here, but basically the atoms that make up our bodies were forged by stars that died before our solar system even came into being. So there's like this really basic level at which we are connected to everything, to the whole universe. And I think to me, this topic of loneliness is so poignant because, and again, everyone's loneliness might have different causes, but right now in the time of COVID, you know, I for one am in an international relationship. So I live in Canada now, but my friends and family are almost all down South in, in Texas. So the idea of just crossing borders and being able to see people, is so much harder. And then, you know, depending on where you live, you may be under a lockdown or facing more restrictions. There's just, I think an unprecedented amount of loneliness and isolation going on right now. And, and obviously everybody has their own causes, you know, maybe the end of a relationship or, you know, you chose to move to a new place or something like that. You haven't found your connections yet, but at, at the root of loneliness, I think is this intuition that we are connected in this sense that like the reality we're living doesn't match the way things should be. And from a Buddhist perspective, anytime we feel like the way things are isn't the way things should be, that, that gap between reality and what we want, the Buddhists call it dukkha. Um, sometimes that word is translated suffering. I like to translate it as unsatisfactoriness. Like it's just not quite what we were looking for, but it's a really potent form of dukkha when we know that the way things are for us in our own personal lives doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right to us as humans. It doesn't feel right to us as spiritual beings because, you know, we're not just physically connected to each other. I would say we're spiritually connected with each other. And, and this is definitely the way that Buddhism sees the world. So for instance, if you take the Buddhist doctrine of reincarnation, and I know not, not everybody takes this literally, but if you do, the idea is we've been reborn countless numbers of times and we've made these connections with each other. And again, from a Buddhist perspective, 
the people we know in this lifetime, we're likely to have had connections with them in previous lives. Hello, Rajeshwari. Hello, welcome to the live stream. <clears throat> so we're likely to have connections that go, that go much deeper back than this single lifetime, both physically, mentally, emotionally. And I think that's part of the reason that loneliness is so painful for us as humans. So to kind of zoom out more broadly to the topic of sadness, you know, I think again, this is, I think to a certain extent, like those of us who are experiencing some depression, maybe caused by COVID or there's this new term now, languishing, when you're just not, something's kind of off. Like it's not diagnosable depression, but you just, you know that something's not quite right with you. <clears throat> um, you know, I think that too speaks to a sense of, we know at some levels, intuitively, we know that we're these like vast spacious beings. We know that we're connected with each other. Again, maybe not at the conscious level, but I think a lot of the sadness that I experience anyway, again, comes from that sense of, of the disconnect between, like you could say our potential or like our luminous true self and the way that we're showing up in the world or the, the way that the world is showing up for us. So... I think I said a lot of what I wanted to say about sadness in the context of loneliness uh, in terms of the way that we're built to connect, the way that we, I think, naturally feel the connection spiritually with the whole world. You know, if you've ever like walked through a forest and just had some time to reflect and to feel the connection with the trees, it's a magical experience. And to come back to the idea of the water element, I think that that sense of connection, it kind of opens us up to our own feelings, to the feelings of others, especially if you're highly sensitive or you're, um, what's it called, an empath. Um, you're just more likely to pick up what's in the air and and those feelings, it's wonderful to pick up what's in the air when the feelings are good, but in a time like this, when there's so much stress and so many just things in the world that are taxing to us, um, I think the ability to pick all that up often leads to sadness. Again, because of that connection, because of allowing this, this um, information to flow into us, not trying to you know, cut ourselves off from other people or from the world. <clears throat> so that's a lot of what I wanted to say today. Um, again, if anybody has questions or comments, please just drop them in the chat there. And if you're watching later on YouTube, I will answer these comments as quickly as I can. So the last thing that I wanted to say about sadness and the water element is that there's there's this wisdom of water as well. Um, the ability of water to, to feel, to allow a certain flow and a certain ease. 
And I don't want to draw straight lines here to applications to like depression or something like that. I think when we talk about depression, you know, there's often a biological element to it for some people, you know, maybe they were born with different neurochemistry and maybe medication to help balance that back out is going to be the thing for them, you know, so I don't want to say that like there's one cause of depression or that there's one thing we should be doing um, to help ourselves with it or one lesson to learn from it. But for myself, you know, I feel like one of the things that's come out of my time of sadness, um, well, times of sadness is really understanding more clearly, excuse me, um, who I am, what's important to me. It, it's like a time for reflecting and for clarification. And I think, you know, this is where understanding sadness or loneliness or any of these kind of heavy, dark emotions, I think that's where we can kind of look for the wisdom in them. Uh, there was a really interesting podcast on the uh, On Being feed. This was a while ago. Um, and I'll, I'll put a link to it in the, in the YouTube video. But um, basically, the word wintering was in the title. And um, the idea behind the episode was that we learn something different when we go into this place of sadness. That there's this, this process called wintering where you kind of hibernate, where you, you're able to rest and reflect and see things differently. And I think to the extent that, that sadness and loneliness often feel physically like a, a, a form of like heaviness, or darkness, there's the possibility of, of kind of accepting that challenge and being willing to go to maybe some places that we don't usually want to explore. I know for me, if I'm busy, if I'm going from here to there to the other place and, you know, I, I'm not feeling these, these feelings that kind of slow me down, it's, it's easy to focus my attention on what comes next and the exciting shiny objects that I think are out there waiting for me. And in those times of sadness, I think for me, it's easier to feel into the bittersweet truths of the world, to feel into loss. One of my big periods of sadness was after my mom died of cancer in 2007. And just to kind of wrap my head around a world without her, you know, I couldn't just keep on doing all the same things and stay busy and not think about it. I had to slow down. I had to reflect, we're all going to die. You know, what does that mean about the way that I want to live my life? What does that mean about what I want to offer to other people? What do I actually think is worth spending my time on? I don't have unlimited time. None of us does. And all those reflections again, if I look back on my personal life, have helped me to focus on the path that, you know, that I'm still on, but that has led me to the place where I am now, which I think is very different from the place where I would be 
if I hadn't taken those times or hadn't had the universe smack me upside the head and make me take those times to reflect, um, to question my values, to question whether I was living in alignment with those values. So for me, that's my personal reflection on sadness, loneliness, loss, um, and the ways that they can kind of be a, a call. <laughs> this, is, this is what was coming out from my brain, a call to inaction. You know, there's all these calls to action. You read an email and there's a button to click at the bottom or you read a blog post and there's, you know, some next step for you to take. I think sometimes we need a call to inaction, to, to resting and settling and reflecting and, and just processing. And speaking personally, I think some of those times of sadness have been that for me in my life. The other thing I wanna, I wanna um, share with you is that on Monday evening, Eastern time in the US, I have um, scheduled a live call. So whoever is available Monday evening, if you're on my newsletter list, I'm gonna send out a link to a live video call um, and you can get that, you can get on my newsletter list um, by going to my Insight Timer profile page and clicking on the link to my website. And it, it should take you to a web page where you can sign up for my newsletter and uh, honestly, if you sign up for anything on that page, there's, you know, a free Four Noble Truths course. There's a couple of other, you know, free things you can sign up for. And if you sign up for any of them, you will be on the list. They get the invitation to the video call. I'm really looking forward to like meeting some of y'all live. And I want to say for those in Europe, like Ursula, I'm really bummed not to be able to, um, to see you this time. I kind of just set a date on short notice, but I am planning to do this regularly going forward. So I'm gonna make a Europe friendly time next time I do this.